This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy! It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago. All right, Dynasty Podcast live from Dynasty HQ in Pilsen. Haima Black here for another week for the last 13 years. And, uh, <laughs> and I am here with Tiffany Walden and Morgan Elise Johnson uh, to my right here from the tribe, returning guests on the podcast. Thank you for coming up tonight. Yes, Thank you for having you. us. We appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, you know, we had you guys on probably about a year ago, right? Yeah, it was a year right. almost. Yeah, I think the fourth of the fifth, sixth, oh, one of those. Fifth, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it was right when the tribe started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so thank you for no, reaching out right away. Yeah. Thank Spreading you guys the for word coming. Right when we started, like last year. Now we're celebrating our one year. So. Yeah, I mean that's that's all very exciting. Uh, how do you guys feel? Well, first let's do this. Like, bring us into what the tribe is for anyone who's not familiar, and then we're going to talk about all the awesome stuff going on. Well, The Tribe is a digital media platform that is reshaping the narrative of Black Chicago through uh, storytelling, documentary filmmaking, journalism, and art. Uh, And so we're coming on, well, we just had our first year anniversary, February 15th. We launched last year. And uh, I mean, it's been an amazing run so far. We have, we've had so much support from people helping out and volunteers and interns. And uh, we've won some grants for a documentary series that we have on the site, Another Life, which Morgan has done a beautiful job at uh, filming and editing. And so, uh, I mean, it's an exciting year. We're definitely looking forward to what's to come. It has been a big year. So, like, you know, bring us, let's, let's revisit, like, last year before we get to like, all the good stuff going on right now. Yeah. Last year, <clears throat> we did an interview kind of right at the beginning of the tribe when the site was pretty new and, and the concept was just kind of starting to, like, really go out into the world. And what was it like at that point? Like, when you have this new venture that, you know, not everybody knows about yet and just like any idea, you kind of have to do some level of selling people on it. So, like... What were those early days like where you are presenting this concept and putting it out for people to find? Well, uh, scary, I'll say. Um, We're both content creators. We're creatives. But business women, that was definitely a new journey for us. So stepping out in that way, taking this huge risk. They say your dreams should scare you. And the tribe was definitely that (laughs) dream that scared us. (laughs) Yeah. No, and it's it is such a I feel like it's such a kind of large undertaking because you guys I mean just doing news as you know as both of you being journalists and and you know content producers it's like just doing any news is is hard and right. is some level of energy mm-hmm. even if you're like a snack blogger and you're like there's a new flavor of M&Ms there's still some amount of energy that goes into that blog post so when your content is like trying to reshape the narrative around like neighborhoods like the south side and the west side like that's a big thing and and that i would imagine that was very daunting at times especially in the beginning yeah for sure um i mean every we think about every single um angle and detail when we when we're putting together a story especially um some of our larger stories um and so at the end of the day we just want to make sure that what we're putting out is something that uh, black chicago um can be proud of and that they can feel ownership over and um, and definitely just trying to uh, give voice and a platform to people who aren't really heard typically um, in a mainstream media. So that's one of the biggest things for for us. 
Yeah, and I think also we felt this very strong sense of urgency with the Trump presidency, and Chicago was like this buzzword for everything wrong with black America. It was just like, if you have something to say about black people anywhere, political pundits were just like, well, what about what's happening in Chicago? Black on black crime. Why aren't they talking about this in Chicago? Wild Wild West. So, uh, I don't know. We just thought it was a shame that, you know, for all that Black Chicago is, our narrative got reduced to gun violence. Mm -hmm. And we felt this sense of urgency to do something about it. And so sometimes passion can really fuel you because it certainly wasn't money. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and what was some of the feedback like, especially in the early days, like once people really started finding out about the site and seeing the kind of stories you guys were telling, like, what was that response like? I mean, people reached out immediately. I mean, I feel like around um, maybe March and April is when we people really started to uh, tune into the tribe and subscribe to it. And um, people were talking about Another Life and wanting more episodes. I know in the beginning, Another Life was just going to be like three episodes. And then by April or May, it was just like, we, I guess we got to It was going. like, we can't stop now. <laughs> we started to get all this press and, yeah. and people were talking about it. And we thought, okay, we need to expand this and and make this an ongoing series on the site uh, yeah. because it's clearly very important and it's resonating with the community. It's needed. Yeah. What kind of content, you know, like building on that, like what kind of content do you see the, the most kind of reaction from? Is it words? Is it photos? Is it video? Is it audio? Is it live streaming? Like, is it events? Like, where do you see the most engagement and interaction with what you guys are doing in your message? Um, in the beginning, we saw a lot of our engagement through uh, the people section, which is our op-ed um, section of the site where we um, give a space for everyone in the community um, to have a say in a hot button um, issue that's going on at the time. So in the beginning, I-, I can't remember which one came first. Was it? I think it was you. Yeah, because the last year when we were here, last year when we were here, um, mm-hmm. we did the op-ed on uh, Mary Mitchell and the Sun Times. Mm-hmm. So that one like went crazy. We had like twenty some thousand page views on that immediately. Oh my gosh! And then right after that, uh, Morgan did the Get Out piece with Kanye being in the sunken place. That was and, such and, a big which one, which is now and relevant people, again. Yeah, people, right. Yeah. A year later yeah. with the yeah. Oscars like, and everything. Like, Oscars, yeah, yeah, BET or someone now has a story like how Kanye West is in the sunken place. But the tribe um, did it last year. Yeah, yeah you guys yeah. were early. <laughs> so like that's story went crazy but then um uh later on in the fall we had a piece by Derek Clifton who um you know just reached out to us and he he had seen the uh interview well not the interview the uh commercial the Google Chromecast commercial um Mm -hmm. on TV in November and he reached out and he was like hey um how do y'all feel about a story about Jesus can work it out and being in this um in this Google Chromecast story that's being broadcast broadcasted nationally. So that story started going crazy. So now every time that commercial comes on... And you hear the gospel tune, yeah. which I recognized immediately because my church sings yeah. that song. So. Yeah, so I was sitting in the house watching This Is Us and that commercial came on and I was like, wait a minute. This is Chicago <laughs> gospel right, right here. And so... Um, that story's been going crazy since November, and uh, every time it comes on, people are shazamming, and it's leading them to our site. We can see it through Google Analytics, so it's like it's insane. I'm like, oh, the commercial came on again. <laughs> Isn't that amazing though that you can like track those things and like the fact that we have these analytics and this data, and it's like not to get away from the message of what you're doing, but just like the back end yeah. of recognizing what works, what doesn't work. Yeah, you know, but it, but it also showed that because uh, we were the only ones that really did a story on that. I don't think anyone else. Um, wrote about um, 
Cosmopolitan Church and Jesus Can Work It Out and um, even the the house version of it, which is in the commercial. Um, so, I mean, that says a lot, too. It's like, you know, there's there's definitely a void uh, in Black Chicago stories being told and just the amount of people who are searching, trying to figure out what this song is and how this story came together or how Google and this church, um, right. this gospel song came together. I mean, that says a lot. Yeah, it's a testament to how a lot of mainstream newsrooms um, are not as in touch with the community as they would think because oh, not even close. A right. song that <laughs> yeah. a song that resonated to me that's like iconic. I mean, they played it on GCI like in the they daytime. Played it on, yeah, right. <laughs> like yeah. It, it was a smash hit gospel crossover song that like black churches all over the Chicagoland area sang, and for none of the major news outlets to cover it, and for the tribe to be the only one that we know of. I mean. I think that speaks to the void that we fill in, yeah. in this community. Mm-hmm. Well, and so does it ever feel overwhelming where it, you know, like obviously there's, a, I'm sure, a level of pride of like, hey, we're the ones telling these stories and like a lot of people are not. But also does that get overwhelming or kind of like intimidating when it's like, oh my God, like there's so many stories that it seems like we're the only ones who are going to tell them. Yes, it <laughs> feels overwhelming. We get so many leads and story pitches and just people reaching out saying, hey, can you cover this event? And um, I think the people think that the tribe is much bigger than what it is, but sure. it's you really what you see right now Atlanta before Division you. And it's and Tiffany right. and I like really working really hard with a small group of volunteers, but right. you know, they're volunteers and um, that's one of the reasons why we're doing a huge fundraising period right now so that we can pay freelancers to to work with us because we are freelancers ourselves and we know what it's like to do free work all the time for yep. people and we don't want to be that. Right. So, yeah. No, I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah. I teach a free I teach like an entrepreneurship and freelancing class at Columbia and whenever I am presenting the materials in the course I'm like, "Look, Everything I'm telling you is from experience. I don't mean experience 10 years ago. I mean, like, a couple days ago, I was right. still tracking down this invoice. You know, it's right. like, it's it's a rough hustle out there. We, and it's it's hard to be independent. Yeah, we, I mean, I just, the Ebony issue just got sure. resolved. And it's been a year, year and a half, maybe, the people haven't gotten paid. So that's It's unreal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I believe it. But it's just like, it is insane how hard it is to get paid as a freelancer. Right. And so being independent, you know, having this live for the last year as an independent operation, as something that is obviously very much a labor of love and has really connected with people, but at the end of the day, it's like it's only so many people involved. Like, what keeps you going? What makes this the work that you decide, like, look, even if money's tight, even if, like, we don't have all the resources of a larger publication, like, this is worth doing? That's a good question. Um, I think for me, it's just the spirit of of proving um, to the world, to mainstream media, to everyone, that um, journalism still matters, that uh, the stories of communities of color matter. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you really pay attention to these communities and, and, and you know, tell their stories and engage with them and, and make sure that they're included in, in your work and in your content, um, that that's a huge benefit. I feel like a lot of times we, the black community gets left out of um, conversations because, you know, Everything in a newsroom is motivated by money. It's like who's subscribing to the paper. Right. Black people aren't subscribing to the paper. Why is that? Our stories aren't in there. So why would I subscribe? So then it becomes <laughs> to the a chicken paper. and egg kind right, of thing. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. like you know, if, if just like with the schools, this whole thing of well, how many kids actually showing up to school on the first day? You know, that's a, a terrible metric to go off of in order to keep something um, open or even to keep um, 
uh, a community involved in your newsroom. So uh, for me, that's what it is. It's, you know, showing that we deserve to be heard. And I don't know if you have something different. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are um, high moments and then there are very, very low, low moments, I think, where we both um, feel overwhelmed and saying, like, wow, this was a very big venture that we've taken on. I think some of the moments that help us keep going are when we're engaging directly with our audience. Every first Tuesday, we have an event called Tribe Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. It's a panel series. We thought it was just going to be a fun happy hour to network with people, but um, we found out that people really just wanted to get together and talk about community issues, which was very interesting. Um, So this panel series took off, and it's very reaffirming when people come up to us and and voice their opinions and say, you know, we really appreciate the work that you're doing, and thank you for giving us a free space to come together and talk. You know, the panel thing, I mean, I'll I'll touch on that for a second. It's like I've been doing the panels on Dynasty Podcast, and it's like the... The level of engagement is so night and day. Like, okay, like, you know, people listen when we put stuff up, but then the response I get when we do a live event and people can come up to us, and ours are focused a lot more around, like, industry in terms of, like, how, you know, like Tiffany, you were on the one that's like, how to become a music journalist. Mm-hmm. We do, like, how to, how to break into the music festival business. So it's always kind of like a how-to kind of thing. Right. But when we have those and when they really land with an audience, it's like it is just such a different response where people can actually be in the same room. Mm -hmm. And people are so appreciative for having that, like, connective opportunity. Right. Right. So, you know, now that you're a year in, what have have been some of the big learnings? Either things you're like, oh, I wish we had known that sooner to not do that. Or like, oh, it's a good thing we started doing this because it really paid off. Oh, my gosh. That list is endless. (laughs) (laughs) We've definitely, this has been a trial and error process. None of us, neither of us are um, trained business women. So for one, we learned that um, for-profit media is dying, which everyone told us, but we were just like, yeah, but we can do it. And um, it's hard, but we've learned that nonprofit media is on the rise, and that there are there are funders, foundations who are very much interested in community journalism, local journalism, and if you're doing anything mission based, they right. are willing to fund you. Mm. Um, so we've been going through the loophole of working with what do you call it, fiscal sponsors. Mm -hmm. Um, So foundations or organizations that are 501c3s who accept the money on our behalf and then pay us. Um, But I think we're going to be going through a a transitional stage of becoming a 501c3 because we are mission-based. We're reshaping the narrative of Black Chicago. Um, Our stories are in-depth, and um, they're all original stories, and that's been a big learning curve for us. Yeah, I mean, because you're not just running, like, AP Newswire stuff. Right. Like, you guys are, like, doing ground, like, from the ground up, original pieces. And, and again, it's like, and I say this as a compliment, it's like you're finding the hardest way to do every single thing that takes the longest and is the most work. I mean, like, no, let's do that. And it's like, oh, if we take that shortcut, we'll save 20 minutes. You're like... Nope. And, let's and go that way. Let's make right. it a ten-part series. <laughs> right. <Yes. laughs> so you know, obviously, that's that just comes from like believing in the mission. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's very impressive. So now we're a year in, and there's a lot going on around the one-year anniversary. So there's the Indiegogo. Let's start with right. that. Talk about the Indiegogo. Um, I have the metric pulled up here, and it'll be different by the time people hear this. I bet, but. 
Let's see. So you had $9,433 raised by 196 backers, which is 47% of your $20,000 flexible goal. Talk about like, you know, I know you mentioned the freelancer thing, but like, where does that money go? And like, and and just talk about the concept of this fundraiser and and everything that's gone into it. I'll let you do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we thought... It's time to to go all in. We've been mm-hmm. doing this as a passion project. We've been having side projects on the side. And then I made a conscious decision in saying, look, I'm going to take a break from everything else I'm working on. Um, and I'm going to jump in with the tribe. And we need to um, really use this moment of our one-year anniversary to get people excited about growth and mm-hmm. seeing you know, what our next chapter is going to be. So that's really making the tribe a a viable and sustainable business. So we wanted to do something to just give us some capital so that we could just handle business stuff, you know, the boring stuff, oh. legal things, trademarks, yeah. you know, like all of equipment. that and equipment. Internet, and, yeah. Yes, all yeah. of the infrastructure. So that's what this Indiegogo is for. Yeah, because um, it's it's hard. It is. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this podcast for 13 years, man, and like, let me tell you, like, there's no big backer on this. And there have been some lean times. There have been times where, no joke, before I owned these microphones we see here, these nice Shure SM58s, right, like which I bought, I had a handheld recorder, and no joke, this is how bootleg it was. I would sit, this is so stupid, I would sit under a blanket Mm -hmm. with my handheld, and when I was recording any component that was like the intro, the ad reader, but we didn't have ads back then, but anything that wasn't with somebody else, Mm -hmm. I was recording it under a blanket because it sounded like it was in a studio. Yeah. And I never felt more stupid than I when I was sitting under a blanket by myself with a handheld recorder being like, <laughs> you're listening to Dynasty, you know, it just was so dumb. But like, I know what it's like when you're in those like gotta startup mind. Yeah. yeah. Like you just got to get it done. Yeah. Right. So um, two weeks before our one year anniversary, which is February 15th, we sent out a press release to, you know, all of the major local media platforms saying, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to fundraise. It's our one year anniversary. We're so excited. So I think like the next week, Black Club Shy, like, Brand launched new. their their um, Kickstarter and we mm. were like, whoa. And yeah, we just woke up and it was like, we insane. woke up <laughs> and in two hours they raised. Our, what we had projected our goal to be, they raised $25,000, I think, in That's two insane. hours. And then by the next day, I think they had like 130000 And it's just like, we were like, wow, what is the formula? Right. How do we do it? <laughs> right. Um and that's the, that's the hard thing too because for us uh, again we we just got up and decided to do this thing so right. um, at least for me coming from the west side I mean I don't have access to people that are <laughs> just throwing money at things or okay. or funding nice? things or <laughs> yeah so for us it's a little bit more of a um, uphill. Battle, there are many so different hurdles to crowdfunding. Yeah. Well, being black in crowdfunding, mm-hmm. like um, trying to get our community to understand what crowdfunding is. Um, the only crowdfunding platform that most people know that it's are Go- in our circle is GoFundMe. And that's what you use if someone dies unexpectedly. And that's, you know, the association. <laughs> that's become healthcare in our country, uh, which is so depressing. Yeah, right, that's right. The, been the association with crowdfunding. Yeah. So trying to get our community to understand, you know, there is crowdfunding for businesses and um, getting black people over 55 to trust 
the internet. Yeah, half with their the battle is card. like sure, yeah. sure, sure. <laughs> it's been We're like still, all types yeah. of challenges that we never would have imagined with um, having a crowdfunding campaign. So everything's a learning experience, but. I think we're going to pull it off. We got until March 15th to raise $20,000. It would literally change our lives. And if yeah. you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll tweet out the link with, right. with the podcast. Yeah. But, you know, so you have, and you know what, Natalie, if you can grab the, the link from their, uh, from the tribe Twitter right now and just be like, hey, this is so Natalie who does our live tweeting and a lot of our booking, killing it. Thank She'll you, like send out, the, send out the, the link right now yeah. for the yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say for the Indiegogo, but I couldn't think of the word Indiegogo. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. Please go ahead. Um, but no, I think the thing is that um, with the tribe, because it's moving so quickly, like Morgan said, she had to um, you know, really invest her time into yeah. figuring this thing out. So I think that um, you know, in order for anything to really become a thriving business and a thriving entity, you have to really put your all into it. So for us being freelancers, so, so much of it is like, okay, well, how can I drive Lyft? And how can I work, produce in the background? And how can I do this? How can I do that? How can I freelance hoping that they pay it's me on time? Endless hustle. And then still, you know, do the tribe at the same time. Um, so that's that's been a, a hindrance for us, I think, in a lot of ways, too. Um, because we're trying to figure out how to, you know, do so, juggle so many things and still make the tribe work at the demand that people are looking for. And it is that's such a, like... It's such a statement on the modern state of freelancing and being a creator and being an entrepreneur. And it's like, yeah, so much that now is like, well, are you doing Airbnb? Are you doing Uber? Are you doing Postmates? Are you doing Lyft? And it's like, man, no shade on any of that stuff. Like, I, I do Airbnb, I do classes through Airbnb because it's like, yeah, that moves the narrative for me and that moves the needle and keeps my lights on. And then, like, I pour whatever I make from that right back into the podcast. Right. So like, first I pay my rent and then into the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Fifth or sixth is like groceries and gas for the car, you know. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's a challenge, man. It's like, and it would be, it would be easier for you guys to not do this work. But again, you're doing the hard work because you believe in it, because it's the right thing to do, and because it's, and you, it's the only choice you have. And you see the changes. I mean, in the last year, this whole conversation about diversity in the newsrooms. I think that I mean we weren't having this conversation last year, right? Um, so to me, it means a lot to be able to see um, two black women doing all of these different stories and, and leading a media platform and, and is making people they talk about that. Like, okay, well, how do we now tap into a community that's underserved? You know, how do we do these things? So, Have you had, you know, younger people of color, maybe like young women, like people who don't see themselves represented in a newsroom, like have you had them reach out to you and be like, oh my God, I love what you guys are doing. Like how could I get started? Like any, any of that kind of stuff? Oh, all a lot of our yeah. volunteers come to yeah. us that way, yeah. That's that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got the crowdfunding campaign that's active, and then you guys have a live anniversary event coming up on the 10th? Yes, this Saturday. This Oh, my God. How is it March 10th this Saturday? That is I wild. Know. Time <laughs> Yeah. So that's this Saturday. So And I know you can't disclose the location yet, but talk about what that event is, what it means, how, what it's going to have happening, all that stuff. Okay, the tribe anniversary function is, you know, it's a, I don't know, it's, it's, it shows a lot of different sides of our personalities. You Mm -hmm. know, most people, they have anniversary events and they're usually like fancy galas, you know, sit down dinner. And we're just like, you know, if we're going to do an anniversary event, we're going to do it like super black and super us. So (laughs) it's, um, 
there's going to be a pre kind of reception. We call it the pre-function with some close family and supporters. We're going to do um, a toast, a birthday toast with a birthday cake. And and we're going to celebrate black businesses and black media, have some booths in there from other people. There's going to be performances. You know, we really want to highlight some of our accomplishments, like having a music series called The Forecast. Sure. We highlight on a video show other videos that artists are doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's um, artists and their their visuals are very underrated. No one right. really um, showcases their visuals. You just have to go yeah. find them on YouTube. So we thought, let's have a music show where we where artists can actually put their videos like on our show. Yeah. And so a bunch of those artists are coming through and performing. And then it's just us trying to balance, you know, like hip hop performances with like our parents and aunts, and just making <laughs> sure <laughs> that it's gonna be like a good mix and good vibes. Sure. And um, and DJ Nafis. DJ Nafis, of course. DJ Nafis is coming. He's spinning. Um, I mean, it's, I'm honored. I'm just like, like, I'm so excited for him. We've been listening to DJ Nafis <laughs> to come you know, out and so happy long, that he said so. yes. Like, <laughs> and so like, when did you guys start the work? When did you guys? I guess let's ask this. When did all the work start on all of this anniversary stuff? Like the the Indiegogo, the party. Like, how far back were you planning and, and building this? Probably back through the fall, like early fall. We, right. yeah. Everything merges together. Yeah, so. sure. it's, it's just like we're on the phone and hey, here's an idea today. Let's just try to do this. So um, we're also best friends. So we like hang out and talk, and then it always turns into work. Yeah. So yeah, no, <laughs> I, I know what that's like. Going and going. So yeah, um, and so you have all those things happening, and then another th- cool project that's in that's active right now. You have this new series. Uh, it's called The Beat, right? Oh, the Black Bee. The Black Bee yes, with yes. Chicago Reader. Yeah. Talk about what that is, how it came to be, and what the what you know, how that's an extension of the tribe. Um, so the Black Bee was something that we initially, I don't know how real I can be. Can I be real? Yeah. Okay. Be <laughs> yeah. Um, the Black Bee was something we initially uh, pitched last year, like maybe last January, um, just because we didn't have any money. I was like, hey, can we do a regular series so we can like have regular money coming in? Um, and it just kind of became, you know, at first it started off as a written thing and then it grew into a multimedia thing and then it grew into um, us covering neighborhoods and, and artists at the same time. The yeah. 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 So um, around the summertime, um, you know, things, Morgan started negotiating like, you know, contracts and things like that. And, um, and then... At that point, we just was trying to figure out who was the best person to debut the project with. Um, but it was just very important to do the Black Beat because I feel like when people think of Chicago, they really only think of downtown. And if they right. think of any other, the South or the West Side, that's immediately associated with violence. So um, for us, it's like if y'all love Chance the Rapper and Vic Mensa and all these other artists that's coming out of here, you should understand where they come from. You should see their neighborhoods. You should see um, what made and what shaped them. Sure. And so uh, that's what the Black Beat is. It's just really taking uh, a predominantly white audience <laughs> into the hood and to different neighborhoods and um, you know showing them the things that people grew up uh, knowing and loving, eating, yeah. uh, hanging out at. And you did the episode with Vic Mensa to kick the series off, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What's the response been like with that? Because that's obviously a big name to kind of kick this off into. Oh, it's been great. Yeah. Uh, people love the Black Beat so far. Morgan has been killing on visuals. So, um, I mean, we've received a lot of praise for it, especially because his episode talked about um, gentrification and just how Hyde Park uh 
isn't the same as what it used to be. There's so many high rises and, and these, yeah. you know, boutique style shops and things there now. Um, and so kind of the question in his uh, piece was how do how does a neighborhood um, change but then not uh, exile? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exile, yeah. yeah. Ostracize. Uh, people of color. No, and that neighborhood has changed so much. A, a friend mm-hmm. of mine opened a comic store there, and there wasn't even a comic store that existed there before that, but he mm-hmm. opened it, I want to say somewhere in the neighborhood of like 2009 to 2012, mm-hmm. somewhere in that space, right? So like that was, I'd been to Hyde Park before, but that was when I was like, because this is a, a guy I know, so that was when I like would, you know, maybe like three or four times a year dip down to Hyde Park and go see what's going on there. And even... And I know, I know for a fact, some people be like, well, listen, man, it was changing a lot before then. But I just yeah. know, like, from when I started going there, and I think I kind of caught the tail end of it kind of being one thing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, I might not come back for six months, or I might not come back for a year, and I'm like, there's an Akira here? Yeah. There's a Chipotle there? Yeah. Like, and now, like, when I go down to that strip of, like, what is it, like, 53rd? Yeah. It's just, like, it's all, and not all, but it's so many, like, chain shops and chain restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Man, again, I know I caught the tail end of it, but it's like it didn't used to look like this. Right, and see, I'm not from the South Side. I, I, I didn't start going to Hyde Park until I met friends in college from the South Side. So right. um, it definitely looks different from when I was in college. Um, but even just this idea that when you think of Hyde Park, you think of you know affluent people, you think right. of University of Chicago. Um, and so I think that this just told a different story. Vic Mensa told a different story of what Hyde Park is and, and, and uh, what it has become. And um, it just started a lot of debates. I've seen people like debating about gentrification and what that even means. Like, how do we um, improve our neighborhoods and and how do we do that effectively and keep everybody involved? So um, it's been sparking a good conversation. Yeah. And so now that you have the the Kickstarter, I'm sorry, not Kickstarter, you have the Indiegogo campaign, you have the uh, one-year anniversary party this coming Saturday the 10th, you got the feature in the reader, you've obviously got the main site, the tribe. Like, now that that's not enough, (laughs) <laughs> like, are you looking past the one-year anniversary stuff? Is there other things ahead of us, like anything you want to preview for the year? I think we're always, like, four steps ahead of where we actually are. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's a lot of things. I don't know how much we're... we're you don't have to spill to. the beans. I just, again, want to make sure we're not, like, leaving anything out. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the Black Beat is a monthly series, uh, so that comes out every uh, month, and uh, Rick Wilson is the next one. Yeah, and he's uh, another one doing really, really yeah, cool stuff in the city. We're yeah, we're him. really excited about his. Um, and then, I mean, we have we, we really want to get in some, some, into some more uh, documentary-style work, um, so we have a few that's listed on the Indiegogo um, page that we're trying to raise money for, um, one being a documentary about the Black Hebrews um, in Chicago, Back in the in the fifties, sixties, um, and that whole movement, and then another one um, out west, which is about uh, black people on the west side being um, abandoned by uh, the city and fellow Chicagoans and uh, government and things like that too. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else is there is the scene. Oh right, so yeah. we have this platform called the scene. Um, that we're building out, which is really like a community board for people to post events, and then maybe it'll grow into being a more of a directory. Oh, oh. Hi. Jason. <laughs> Jason Todd. Natalie, can we get my cat Jason Todd? If anyone's like, why is he yelling out the name of one of Batman's Robins? Yeah, my cat is named Jason Todd. Just, if you're listening, he just jumped on the table in front of uh, the mic. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, so the scene is a, is a page on our site that we're developing. It's in beta stage, but it's like a community board for people to post events 
and for um, it's really a curated space to show black people, um, you know, the goings on in sure, the city sure. and especially places that are welcoming to us because, you know, not every place is welcoming to us. So well, there's a lot of places in the city that have a dress code. Right. And we know what that dress code means. Exactly. Right. So yeah. but, we but want they... the scene to become this hub. If you are new to Chicago and you're black and you're like, I don't know where to go. Or if you're like us, because Tiffany and I both um, left Chicago after school and we right. came back and we were just like, wow all the places we used to hang out are now closed and where are people hanging out now the scene can be that place where you go and figure it out so. yeah yeah no that's awesome so everything you guys are doing is incredible i'm i'm so thankful that we had you both on like not only a year ago but also tonight um because it's really cool, and I'm going to post the link to the initial podcast as well, just to be like, hey. Wow. Yeah, because I'm like, I haven't even gone back and listened yeah. to anything or read anything. My friends are like, you need to ref- you need to like embrace the time that you're, you're living in. But in my now. mind, I'm just like, yeah, it's like I- And you're looking at what's next. Yeah. 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 But I'm going to share the old podcast when I put this one up as well, because it's kind of cool that we got to hear from you guys at the very beginning, and then one year in, and just- really see the growth and everything that's going. And man, you guys have accomplished a lot of ground and you've really delivered some really important messaging in the last year. So that's awesome. And congratulations. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much for taking the time. Yeah. Oh my God. And, and you know, thank you for the support on Dynasty Podcast. Well, every time you guys are on, you're like really vocal about promoting it. You know, Tiffany, you wrote about one of our big panels. Like, mm-hmm. so I love it, man. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. And, and congrats on the one year and best of thank luck with so everything thank you. in the works and the Indiegogo and all that stuff. Yeah, thank you. And appreciate it. What's the website where people can, you know, what is the main tribe URL? The tribe.com, and that's the tribe with two eyes, y'all. Don't forget the other yeah. eye. The <laughs> tribe. Yes. And where can people follow you on Twitter so they can uh, donate to the Indiegogo? The tribe. At the tribe with two eyes. Yes. We're on uh, Instagram, at the tribe Chicago. That's the tricky one that has Chicago on it. Um, and then Facebook is at the tribe with two eyes. And that's it. Easy, man. Yep. I love yep. it. Uh, Tiffany Walden, Morgan Johnson from The Tribe, doing great work. Thank you guys so much for coming up. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.